From Plugkit Studios in beautiful Largo, Florida, we are keeping you plugged in with episode 448 of F5 Live, Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. I'm Scott. I'm Avram. And this week, Google might have to pay for content, Apple is unlikely to purchase Tidal, and Niantic breathes some new life into Pokemon Go. Um... If you're joining us, uh, wherever you are and however you're joining us, thank you for making us part of your day, whether it be Facebook, iTunes, the Podcast Play app in the Windows Store, um, our homes on Livestream and Stitcher, or of course on our apps, plugitslive.com slash apps. Um, get them for the Windows devices in your life right now. Um, obviously, oh. I apologize. My headphones are doing weird things tonight because we made some changes to the studio and the other side just kicked in. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of a weird night. and I apo- We apologize for that because uh, we've been making some changes in the studio, like I said. So anyway, bear with us. It'll all be uh, worked out soon. Anyway, so... Um, <laughs> Where was I? Yes. If you're joining us live, we appreciate that. You can do that by going to f5live.tv slash join us Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, there you can chat with us live in the studio. You can give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. One of our uh, favorite segments to get feedback on, of course, is always the Pilch Point because uh, we always have some really interesting stuff uh, in the Pilch Point. And this week we're going to talk about some robots, which is going to be exciting. Uh, so definitely uh, join us if you can live at 5live.tv slash join us. Uh, if you can't join us live, that is okay. You can join us uh, through subscription at any time by going to f5live.tv and clicking the subscribe buttons on the right-hand side uh, for all of our content, including this one here. This is F5 Live Refreshing Technology, our flagship show, but you can also subscribe to The Pilch Point with Avram Pilch. You can subscribe to First Looks, our special events feed, the 3000 Brigade podcast, and um, our new series, which I am happy to officially announce right now tonight, is called The New Product Launchpad. It will be hosted by uh, Danielle and Marissa, both of whom have been on the show uh, for special events. Danielle has been to CES with us a couple of times. Times. And uh, Marissa co-hosted with me last week. And so this is the official announcement for the new series. Uh, yesterday, we had our first batch of interviews scheduled. We had some technical difficulties. Uh, but so the two of them will be the primary hosts. And I will step in when we have a schedule conflict. Anyway, uh, so you can subscribe to all of those right now uh, by going to f5live.tv and the subscribe button on the right-hand side. Anyway, so that's me uh, rambling a lot to start the show, which I try not to do, but there it is. It's been kind of a weird day, like I said. Anyway, Abram, how are you? Great! (laughs) Awesome. It's been an interesting couple weeks in tech news. Uh, Interesting times for me. So, uh... You know, it's uh, exciting to exciting to be back on the air to talk about some of the latest stuff. Yeah, it was a. I always hate it when we have to skip having you on the show because it's always fun to have you ah, on. It's, it's 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 a pleasure. I enjoy doing doing the show. It's uh, you know, it's always an honor to be on the air with you as well. So, uh, what did you do with your week off last week? 
Huh, what did I do? Anything <laughs> in particular? <laughs> um, you know, I worked on my plugin project a little bit, which I was very close to being ready, that Chrome extension that I'm building. Yes. Um, got to, uh, you know, got to do some cool things with my son. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's nice. The, one of the things I'm going to show during the Pilch Point segment is something that he and I played with yesterday. Uh, so, uh, very nice. So, kind of cool. Very cool. Well, I actually got to take a Sunday off, which is always unusual since we did the show on Saturday. It's always kind of weird to get a Sunday with nothing to do. So I took one of those unusual, just sit back, calm kind of days. <laughs> I don't get those very often, as I know you don't get too many of yourself. Oh, my goodness. It's I guess it's the life of... Uh, tech people <laughs> could be worse indeed it could be worse we could have nothing to do ever that would be terrible yes exactly so it, we've got something and that's what's important uh with that how about we talk about some stuff that sound like a plan yep excellent This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Right now, you can save, uh, you get a $150 gift code with the purchase of uh, select surfaces, and it appears to uh, include the Surface Pro 4 and the Surface Book, which is pretty exciting. Students, of course, it's that time uh, still. So students can still save $300 on select Surface Pro 4s, which is, of course, a great deal. Plus, uh, Gears of War 4 coming out. Uh, you can uh, purchase the bundle and uh, controllers and all kinds of stuff for the Xbox One right now. Plus, of course, everything Microsoft, right? Windows and Windows Phone and the Microsoft Band and all kinds of stuff is available by going to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. So. Everything is going a little weird for me tonight. I will apologize several times throughout the show. Uh, Anyway, so uh, people will probably remember that at the beginning of the year, there was an incident in which an FBI a junior FBI agent made a mistake in uh, interacting with an iPhone that had been seized as part of the investigation into the San Bernardino uh, shootings and ended up locking the device to a point where uh, every time they tried to put in a pin, because it's, you know, you can, the FBI can brute force an iPhone on its pin. There's only so many combinations and there's certain ones that are more common. And so there's a little robot fingers that, brute force the thing um but after you do certain things uh in like in the iCloud and stuff like that you can screw up a device so that you have to wait 30 minutes between each attempt and that's what happened there so uh brute force wasn't going to work 
So the FBI tried to get Apple to voluntarily let them into the device, and Apple was not interested. They got a court order, and Apple said, no, thank you. So the Department of Justice got involved, and there was going to be a case. And uh, all of a sudden, the, in March, the DOJ dropped the case and said, hey, we're good, which was all kind of surprising. Nobody exactly knew why. And then the, the next month, the director of the FBI happened to be at a, uh, at a security panel um, in London where he said that the FBI had paid 1.3 suggested that the FBI had paid $1.3 million to a private uh, software firm for a zero-day exploit on the iPhone, which allowed them to get into the device, which is why the DOJ didn't need to be involved anymore. Um, the FBI director later said uh, that the amount of money, which was more than he would make in the entire rest of his career with the FBI, was, quote, worth it. Uh, and, you know, thinking about not having to fight with Apple and the fact that they already once uh, refused a court order, that not having to deal with them was probably easily worth the $1.3 million Minus, you know, the court costs that were inevitable with the DOJ taking Apple to court to get them to do this. So, so that's good. You know, $1.3 million worth it. The thing is, we don't know how much it really was. He could have just said a number. Uh, it could have been a misdirection. It could have been $10 billion. We don't know. There's no way of knowing. Uh, so that's why there's a thing called the uh, Freedom of Information Act. And so the Associated Press, the USA Today, and Vice Media all filed Freedom of Information Act requests for the information, and all three of them were turned down. So this week, the three of them together uh, filed suit against the FBI, asking for the information. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to wonder, is any of this covered under, you know, I'm... I'm clearly not a lawyer nor do i play one on tv sure is any of this covered under or could at least the fbi claim national security like if they say who they paid or what they did uh, you know does that kind of endanger their ability to do it in the future or does it endanger the the safety of the people involved from that firm that that too right? <laughs> so it seems like there's a lot of a lot of concerns from the FBI, the DOJ's perspective as to why you may not be able to turn this information over. But on the other hand, the, uh, the, the complaint says information about the F FBI's contracting agreement would also ensure transparency about the expenditure of public funds, understanding the amount that the FBI deemed appropriate to spend on the tool, as well as the identity and reputation of the vendor it did business with, is essential for the public to provide effective oversight of government functions and help guard against potential improprieties. You know, so it's an I, interesting, it's an interesting take on both sides. I agree. I mean, I agree with that in principle. I think the issue is how often are we holding the other? I mean, this is getting a little beyond tech, but how often are people taking that great of an interest in other government expenditures that cost one point three million dollars or more? Is someone looking at every single uh, every single expenditure all of our national defense 
you know, branches make. I mean, $1.3 million for our government to spend is like pocket change to the FBI probably. So no matter what, they actually pay the, the director, right? So, right. I mean, I, I, think it, it, I think it is crazy to spend that much money to unlock an iPhone in theory. However, you know, in, in practice, our government spends that kind of money all the time on things that are on, on things that are for security or things that are not for security that are completely wasteful and, you know, beyond just trying to figure out like what's worth spending and not. I mean, what's, there are all these stories about $1,000 toilet seats or something like that. I right. mean, there's always tons of waste in the government. So it just sort of seems like, hmm, it sort of seems like you're going to, like, that's a, a strange argument to make in this case, but. It is kind of, it is a lot of money if every time you have an iPhone you have to do it, but presumably they can use this again, or maybe they can't use it again. Uh, I'm I'm really surprised that he disclosed that to the public, that they had, they had paid a hacker to get in. Yeah, that is a surprising piece of information to, to share like that. Does he have to tell the truth? Like, you know... Right? It, he went to a cut to a conference... Did he have to go there and tell people? Like, couldn't he have just said, couldn't he have just said, well, we just decided to drop it, no comment, and let people speculate as to why they dropped it? Right. I don't, I don't know the context under which the statement was made. I don't know if a question was asked and he answered it or if it was just like an offhanded, oops, kind of remark that was made during a discussion at the panel. I, I don't have any idea what the context of the comment was. Um, but my guess is that whether he had said that or not, the Associated Press was going to be interested in the amount. Yeah, well, I think my question is not the amount, but how he got to say, why did he even say that they, they successfully unlocked it? Right. Couldn't they have just said, well, that may have drawn some questions too, like we just gave up. But um, never mind, though. I mean, I guess you've got to give credit where it's due. We kind of want our government to be transparent with us, right? So sure. I think most people want that. So, you know, it's – I guess it's good that he went that far as to admit they let somebody in. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, so – This is going to be an interesting case to watch. It'll be an interesting case to watch. We'll see We'll see if they get the answers. Um, My guess is that your – speculation was correct and that they will claim national security and uh we will all have to move on with our day yeah i mean come on they it's the most obvious thing in the world it was involving a terrorist iphone right they're not going to be too transparent about how they unlocked it absolutely uh it it all makes me think i like if you follow me on facebook um i've been watching uh the west wing and yeah, one point three million dollars. The national endowment for the arts is over a hundred million dollars out of the budget. So yeah, you know, one point three is even it, it from that standpoint, it's less than a. It's like a percent of just what the NEA gets. So it's like statistically insignificant, theoretically. You know what I mean? But it is a large amount of money. Yeah, I mean, if you think about how much money you paid in federal taxes last year, without going into how much I paid, it was significantly less than $1.3 million. Sure. So how many people's entire taxes, Went federal taxes that. for the year, had to 
be added up to pay for the unlocking that iPhone. That's very true. Uh, that is. But if you think that way, then you really your mind will really be blown. Yeah, that's for sure, because it'll it'll vary greatly depending on who the person is. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly, look very greatly between what you or I may pay and what uh, Bill Gates may have paid, for example. But, but you know, even you know, just normally, but, you think about how much just like people pay, and like, wow, the government spent one point three million on that. How yeah. many? How many of my neighbors? all together just right. paid for that right and and was that number something that made sense in the world of national security if they found some if they had found something i think i heard they didn't find anything does, okay. did that come out if I, they if i don't know exactly if they found something and it prevented something then yes it was certainly worth it and considering that they wouldn't know whether they'd find something, right? That's that's the problem with with national security type investigations is you don't know if you're going to find something until you haven't found something, which kind of sucks for the the investigators because you don't you don't know if you're about to waste your time and energy on nothing yeah. until yeah. it's too late. Yep, that would. That would be infuriating in the same way that it must be infuriating to work for the post office. No matter what you do, the mail always happens. It's always there. You can't stop it. I, I understand how people in the post office go crazy. I would. That's insane. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> it's a lot of money, and it'll be a fun case to watch because uh, neither side is going to go soft on it. Both of the both sides are going to be very adamant about their points, and so this will be fascinating to watch. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by Monster Products. The headphones that are on my head right now, the Monster Elements, both wired and Bluetooth, pretty fantastic. You can plug them into your phone or um, Bluetooth them to your iPhone 7, since that will be far easier. You can use it both directions. Um, but of course, headphones aren't the only thing. They've got uh, the the Monster Blaster, which is like a throwback boombox. The sound quality on it is incredible. Um, if you haven't heard one, try to hear one because they're great. Uh, the the Superstar Hotshot, which is a, a portable speaker. They've got a little bit of everything. And to find out all of the products that are available, you can go to f5live.tv slash monster. And that music means that it is time for the Pilch Point with online editorial director of Laptop Magazine and Tom's Guide, Abram Pilch. Abram, there you are. Yay! Still here. <laughs> Indeed, you are still here. Still still here. Still working out how that transition is going to work. <laughs> yes. Still, still here. So, this, so, September's coming. Oh, not September. Holiday seasons. Fall is coming. Fall is here. It is September. Indeed. Halfway through. More Halfway than. Through, in fact. And uh, this past Thursday, I went to the Pepcom event, 
uh, Pepcom digital experience. We have those periodically in New York, and they have one at CES. Uh, and it's just like a mini CES where, just for journalists where they have like, I don't know, 60 or 60 booths or something like that, 60 or a few dozen booths of vendors coming and they want to like show you stuff as a journalist and hope that you'll write about it. Um, and uh, I got a chance to walk around and see some interesting stuff and definitely that one of the trends for this holiday season, the reason they had they had this one, by the way, is they really want us to cover stuff for the holiday season so people will hear about their products to buy them. So one of the companies, they actually I actually talked to them about a week before and they gave me one of their products to try, is uh, Ozobot. Actually, the name of the company is technically Evolve, but this product here is their main product, the Ozobot. Um, they made one before called the Ozobot Bit. This is the new one that's coming out. It's called the Ozobot Evo. It's going to be out in November for $100. It's so little. And, and it's one of many uh, robots that are going to be hot items this holiday season. Uh, so this one is really, really tiny. Um, and right now, with the current beta level software I have, it doesn't do a ton of different things, um, but it has some potential. So primarily what it has physically is it rolls around. There's some, you see this thing in the bottom is a scanner of a, of a sort. It has wheels. Um, and then it has all these lights and it makes cute sounds, but I don't think you can actually make like a human-like voice. Um, so what you do with it is a couple things. First, like the predecessor to it, which looks the same, uh, you can put it, you can use a set of markers um, to draw on a piece of paper and it will follow the lines that you draw. And uh, along those lines, you can create something called an Ozo code. It's like red, it's a series of three or four circles that are either red, um, that are some combination of red, green and blue and um, based on what you do call how you color the circles and order them when this rolls over it it sees it as a code so it'll tell it to turn or speed up or pause or whatever using the OZA code um, now the previous model that's $50 does this also and apparently is very popular in schools this one adds in Bluetooth connectivity uh, where you can program it and control it from an app on your phone uh, and you can use it socially. If your friend has one and you have one, you can send them an Ozobot message, and then their Ozobot will perform the little dance to greet your friend wherever they are on the internet. Um, or you can make your robot do something with their robot if they see each other in person or, or something like that. Um, that's That social part of it doesn't work yet uh, on the beta that I've tried, though it's not out yet. Like I said, it'll be ready in November, that part. But... Um, Right now with the app, I can drive it around and make the lights blink. Um, but the, the paper part is kind of cool. My son, who's four years old, really enjoyed enjoyed that because um, I'm trying to teach him how to draw a straight line. So that oh. was kind of entertaining for him. Uh, granted, this is supposed to teach kids about the principles of programming. I wouldn't say it teaches them about code. Although the new, although you are able to actually program this using something called OzoBlockly, which is a online uh, programming language that's made out of like blocks you drag around. Um, uh, and eventually they say you'll be able to program it in JavaScript. Anyway, it's a cute little thing for, uh, for folks, for folks uh, especially for learning. Um, 
teaching kids about programming. It's supposed to be also this new ver version. The Echo is all supposed to work for adults, but we'll see how how the social features work when they come out. Now this so, is just so that thing's pretty interesting. When I was in school, uh, we had a programming environment during our first year of programming uh, called Carol with a K, and it was basically this without the physical thing. Uh, so you drew on paper? No, it did, you didn't have the physical thing. It was all digital, but it was the whole follow the line, pick up, uh, what did they call it, markers? Yeah, uh, well, they call them Ozo codes, but yeah, they're okay. like circles you draw. Ozo codes. I think they were called be beacons in Carol. That doesn't sound right, but it might have been. Uh, but it, it sounds like... Carol has and Carol was theoretically a robot. It was just um, a carrot on the screen, not the food, the character. This uh, sounds a lot like Logo, which is what I was doing when I was in school. Gotcha. <laughs> That's and, really old. But this this sounds like they've taken Carol out of the computer and put it in the real world, which is a concept that I love. Um, Lego has had some follow the line type things, but no. Uh, like drawn down interactive like messaging like the ozo yeah. codes so, so that's that's a really cool addition yeah it, so that's pretty interesting um that's one robot that's coming uh i am very excited about i don't know if you want to call them robots or or ais or whatever the uh competition that is happening in robotic toy cars which I plan to try and do a story on because it'll be fun. Um, this year, uh, are you familiar with the Anki Overdrive? Um, real quick, before we move on, we have a question from the chat room. Oh, good. How do you spell this brand name? How do I spell Ozobot? Yes. Oh, good. I can actually show it because I have the box. Hooray! O-Z-O-B-O-T. Perfect. Um, and the current old version, which doesn't have the smartphone connectivity but does follow lines and Ozo codes, okay. is available now, and it's $50, and it's called the Bit. Uh, and that's one of the schools that apparently over 2,000 schools have been using in their curriculum already. Uh, this one looks exactly the same but adds the smartphone for part and costs 100 Very cool. Um, Thank you, Juan, because I was actually curious about that myself. Oh, so yeah. excellent. That's that's how you spell it. Um, anyway, so I was just going to say there's going to be other cool robots coming this year. Uh, Anki Overdrive is uh, – are you familiar with that? I am not. It is I don't think a, so. It, is a it has been actually been out for about a year, and now they're actually updating it with new trucks. It is a it is a modern smartphone take on the smart car – on the slot car. So you, you create tracks like in real world – but you control the cars on your phone. The cars follow the track, but they don't. They do it through Bluetooth, um, and you and the cars are AI, so you can play against them or you can play against someone else. Uh, and that's that. It's a really cool robotic toy. Like it's sort of like one of those kart racing games. You could shoot your friend's car, but the shooting of the car part only happens on the phone, whereas okay. the cars are really rolling around. Gotcha. Um, and so it's a bit of augmented reality. Yeah, it is, except they're real cars and a real track, mm -hmm. right? Not like Pokemon Go where right. it's like a real track and fake Pokemon. Sure. Right? But but the um, 
the the weapon part and a lot of it takes place on the phone. Hot Wheels has caught on to this and they're competing. Good for them. They're coming out with their own AI track called the Hot Wheels AI, which is going to be $99 coming out in a couple of weeks. And that is your um, the Anki Overdrive starter kit is $150. Uh, and then if you want to get like the super trucks that they are adding to it, those are I think those are like 40 or 50 more each. Um, the Hot Wheels track is 100 and solves one of the problems of the isn't as complex, I think, but it comes with controllers as opposed to you having to use your phone, which is good if you have young kids because yeah. you don't want them to hand them your phone. Sure. Uh, so because no, not everybody has an older device lying around to be repurposed for this, which right. I saw was something that. Uh, showed up on Facebook from you guys this week. Yeah, um, exactly. And then, um, you know, another robot coming from Anki, the same company that makes the Overdrive, is going to be called Cosmo. It is a robotic sort of pet. Um, it is about, it's not as small as this, but it's about mm, this big. It has a little forklift on it. And it comes with a set of cubes, and it can play games with you using the cubes. Like, you got to you play. I tried one at the uh, Pepcom where it makes the cubes the cubes light up, and when the cubes light up a color, you have to try and hit the cube before it can, so you can see if you beat it. Um, <laughs> I kind of love that. It also has facial recognition, so it remembers oh. you and it thinks about like how nice you were to it or whatever. Oh. Um, and if you move, if it starts making a tower out of blocks and you break its tower, it gets mad. Wow. It's um, uh, a little scary. It is a little, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, does, does, it, does its eyes turn red when it gets mad? If it doesn't, then we're fine. No, but it does have a face with eyes, and oh. the eyes do like look angry. They're always blue, I think, but okay. they do look angry. So long as they don't turn red, it means it hasn't become self-aware and we're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this you really wouldn't want to become self-aware. But um, but it's going to be a cute robot. It's going to be about 179. It's going to be 179 when it comes out in time for holiday. So uh, those are just a couple of robots that are uh, that consumer robots that are out there. I think there's going to be more, and we're going to be covering them on Tom'sGuide.com uh, because it's it's really cool. I mean, when you think about the explosion of consumer robots. Uh, that's going on now. Yeah, people have robots that can do. Va We've had robot vacuums for quite a while. There are telepresence robots, but those, that are quite expensive. But those are getting cheaper. And then you had, and then when you saw this past year at Computex, the Zenbo, which for five ninety nine, whenever it comes out, is going to be like a robot servant for your home that controls your smart home and tells stories to your kids and stuff. Uh, it's really an exciting time in robotics. You have to wonder whether which of these products are sort of taking you a little too to the wrong place in the uncanny valley. But, uh, but it's an interesting time and, uh, we're going to be covering it. And, uh, I encourage you all to check out our hands on, on Tom's guide and video on Tom's guide with this Ozobot Evo and, uh, check out the rest of our stuff, including all of our laptop coverage on laptopmag.com. While we're talking about robots and robotics, and the holiday season, I have another product that I feel I need to bring up. It's one that I reviewed recently. It's called the M Cookie. It is, um, it can be used as like the brains for a robotics project. And it's, it's an Arduino kit, but without any of the annoying wiring, like 
the jumpers and all of that that are part of a normal Arduino, it's all like magnetic snap together stuff. So, oh, yeah, cool. right? So it's a step above the little, uh, the little bits and kind of a step below traditional Arduino. So just like, just like the, the first one that we looked at, it's, it's really good for learning how this stuff works. So it's, it got one of my highest review scores of the things that I've seen so far. Uh, because I, I really liked it. We took it to the library and myself and Danielle and Marissa all did like a demo with it. Just pulled it out of the box and started messing around just one afternoon. And we were able to get it to do some pretty cool stuff in a very short period of time. Ooh, I think I want one of those. (laughs) Yeah, those are, those are, those are cool. I mean, since my son has gotten to a certain age where these things kind of impress him, but he's not like mature enough to, to do it on his own. It's kind of uh, it's kind of cool because I can build these things and be like, look, and he'll be like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I I'm looking forward to to playing with a lot more robots. I mean, it's uh, I think it's also the area of tech that's become most exciting right now because, you know, you look at other things that we cover that are fun, but they're there's a lot of similarity. Like you look at laptops, it's great, it's fun, it's very important, but the difference between but when you're running Windows 10, you're running Windows 10. When you're running Android, you're running Android with a certain skin. But every robot, because this is not something that's become a standard like phones and, and tablets and, and laptops, is a different is a different uh, UI. Right. Um, I got a another question in the chat room about the M cookie. Um, it is not made by Lego. It has a partnership with Lego. And one of the cool things is, when you're when if you want to build a robotic body with it. You build it in Lego, and all of the pieces have Lego uh, snap connectors on them, so you can just build them into any Lego bo- body. Holy cow! Yeah, isn't that cool? And it's oh man, I I did not realize I did not realize this. It's a My different kind I... of it's a different kind of uh, like robotic power from what you can do because Lego has the NXT. They're the Mindstorm. Yeah, right? exactly. They have the Mindstorm series. The current one is the NXT three. Uh, I've got one around here somewhere. Um, but this has a different kind of power because it's Arduino-based, which means you have full, like, C capability. You can, if you want to, you can use the, the Lego-style snap-together programming thing, but you can also do it with uh, with just Robot C and just go. Yeah, it's it's a really cool product. If people are interested in this kind of stuff, it's, a, it's another product I recommend for the holidays because it's a really cool that, one. That's, that actually sounds better than anything i just talked about but <laughs> but but, uh, but it's also more complex than anything we just talked yeah, about Yeah, that's more of a builder experience right. you know um but there's different robots for different things so cool and that's the thing that's most interesting about the industry right now is that there's a little bit of everything and anybody can jump in somewhere because there's something for everybody so. all right well as far as the Pilch Point is concerned, uh, I guess we will see you next week, but obviously we will see you for the rest of the show as well. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is proudly powered by Tate Comics. Uh, Tate Comics is a family-owned and operated comic 
toy store in uh, Lauder Hill and Boynton Beach, Florida. They have uh, basically just about anything you could want from comics to shirts to Japanese candy. There's probably something that will interest you. Their next event, because they have events all the time, their next event is their uh, monster tent sale October 15th and 16th. Uh, On site, you can find great deals on all kinds of products from all over their store. And you can find out more by going to tatescomics.com. So, in gaming news this week, (laughs) uh... I want to talk about something that we have talked about a couple of times, but because nobody else is kind of dealing with it in a way that makes me happy, let's talk about Pokemon Go again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So probably everybody on the internet has seen at least one article that says uh, that Pokemon Go is, is already losing players, that it's because it's losing players that the game is failing and there's all kinds of stuff like that but obviously um that's from far less informed human beings than the people who are uh sitting here right now so let's talk about the reality of how this stuff works if you've ever played a video game or owned i don't know any product ever you know that that's exactly how everything works right if it wasn't if things didn't have like a peak and then a drop off then apple would never have announced a second generation iphone this is this is all true um but there are certain things where i feel like you have online games that they don't peak immediately that's true uh this game is several months old and the the type of game that it is uh tends to peak in its first uh four to five weeks and it did yep big surprise it followed the trend that every game uh of this caliber not necessarily this scale because scale wise it's a fairly small game when you compare it to like the likes of call of duty right which is a huge undertaking this is a far smaller uh product but it's on on par with the likes of an activision game uh in the amount of fun that's involved and the amount of players it has more downloads than twitter just to put some stats out there it has more downloads than twitter so uh that's pretty impressive in the short period of time that has been out now are all of those people still playing regularly no of course not because every game at some point you're like all right i feel like i've already done this because you have so a good game company continues to give you new things right uh most of the most we'll keep we'll keep using call of duty because financial success right so we'll keep using call of duty what do they do they put out uh, expansion packs they give you new capabilities over the life the expected lifespan of the game and niantic this week did exactly that they added a whole new capability to the game that breathed like a whole new life into the game it's the new buddy system. One of the things that's been a real pain for a lot of players has been the fact that you get one of these rare, rarer uh, Pokemon, and uh, you can never do anything with them because you don't. There's no way to ever get candy again. 
because you're only going to ever catch one. You have three, and you can't evolve it until 12. Well, sad story. Nothing you can do about it. You just have to hope you find a couple more of them. Oh, well. Um, God forbid you want to uh, to upgrade the... Um, the Oh, I've just blanked on the name, because I keep calling it the floppy fish. Uh, you you want to get uh, 400 Magikarp candy, but you don't live anywhere near the water. You've caught one once. Great. Uh, with the buddy system, you make a Pokemon your buddy, and you can continue to get candy as you travel, because Niantic very accurately figured out that the limited resource in a GPS AR game was going to be distance. Uh, was going to be travel. And so a lot of things are based on travel, including this. So whole new way to get candy to be able to evolve and level up your rarer, maybe even if it's just rarer to you, your rarer Pokemon, which is a great new addition and has gotten people to have the game open again and travel around, walking around with the game active in their hands again, which is what it's all about, right? Yep. That's that's the sign of an active game in this category is to have people with their device and it on and them out in motion and it's working. It mm. it has been successful for them. Do you think that there's going to be similar um talk of the downfall of Pokemon if there if during the winter if there's serious weather concerns in major in large parts of the u.s let's say big snowstorms hopefully our colleagues will um be smart enough to put uh weather conditions together with uh game behavior of a game that encourages you to be outside i'm i'm gonna give i'm gonna give the rest of our colleagues in in the the industry credit i'm gonna say that they're gonna be able to figure that one out but no, do I, I mean think is, it's going to happen? Yes. What I mean is, if it's, you know, it's interesting because you're talking about distance as the thing that's a limitation, but weather could also be part of the usage issue, right? Like if it's, if mm-hmm. if you see a really, you know, a lot of rain, cold weather, whatever, I bet you, I don't know that anyone in Niantic is actually putting the time into this because it doesn't sound like, it sounds like, you know, there's a lot for them to think of as it is. Yeah. But you know, I bet you that usage of the game drops like a rock when they're in an area where there's where there's inclement weather. Oh, absolutely. But and and yes, I I absolutely do expect to see uh, drops in usage. But I am hoping that the industry as a whole will not jump to the conclusion that the game is dying, like they have because people have stopped using it twenty four hours a day, like everybody did in the first month that it was out. I'm hoping that that people will be able to put the correlation together that, oh, being outside sucks, and this game encourages you to be outside. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that they you won't leap to those conclusions. Unfortunately, and I say this as a member of the media, and you, are, you and I know this, extreme conclusions are, are much more popular, get a lot more attention than measured ones. So the measured conclusion to this is, like any other game, Pokemon Go has seen a decline from its incredible startup popularity to what would be considered a normal normal level of core users. Sure. But 
wouldn't it be a much better headline to say Pokemon Go is dead? <laughs> it sure would be. You know, so unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, I know, unfortunately, that's that's the kind of headlines that you get when something that's been this big takes comes back to Earth. Even just a little bit. Yep. It doesn't even have to be a big dip. You're you're right. There could be a snowstorm in New York City and there's a 1% dip in usage. And the headlines are going to be, New York hates Pokemon. Exactly. <laughs> so the bottom line is, take these stories with a grain of salt. I think that what whether it's Niantic with this game or or other games that follow it, Location-based gaming and AR are here to stay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, there will always be ups and downs in video games. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, the only way you can get them back up is to add new features. And Niantic seems to know that. Congratulations to them for having a grip on the industry. Yep. This week's News from the Tubes on F5 Live is proudly powered by Rift Tracks. Make fun of movies or, you know, let the professionals do it for you because uh, that's what they get paid to do. The guys who used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000 are back and doing what they do best, making fun of movies. From blockbusters to, I swear to God, the name of this is Flash That Smile. <laughs> They've got a little bit of everything. The way... Uh, the way it normally works is for 3 or $4, you download the MP3, play it along with your DVD, Netflix, Amazon, wherever it happens to be, and laugh. Um, of course, they do mix it up from time to time, and they do live events. The last one was Mothra. Um, their next one will be Carnival of Souls, October 27th and 31s in theaters nationwide. Uh, that one looks like the worst ever kind of zombie movie which makes it perfect for rift tracks uh they've also got some short films some industry films some of those uh film reels you saw in elementary school and they tear them to shreds just like you did when you were in school uh you can find out all of the short films, all of the movies, and what theaters you can see Carnival of Souls in by going to f5live.tv slash tracks. And I will tell you that some of their events, including some of their past live events, are available right now on Hulu. So if you are a member of Hulu, go find it, because they are wonderful. We wouldn't have been talking about them this many years in a row if we did not love them, we are very picky about who our advertisers are. Anyway, um, so let's talk about Google again, because that's something we can't avoid doing when we talk about the Internet. Uh, we all know that uh, Google News is a thing, although today it seems like uh, the plat your platform of choice might... In influence your your news source if you're on windows 10 you might use msn news because it's already pinned to your start screen on on ios on the iphone and the ipad you might use apple news because again it's already pinned to your start screen um but google news has certainly been a big source of trending topics uh, facebook speaking of trending topics facebook may be the place that you get your 
your trending topics as well. But Google has been one of those uh, high-profile places for a while. The difference in what Google does and what some of the others do is that Google will show you enough of the information that the general population is um, dealt with. They aren't interested anymore, as Avram can tell you as well. Uh, a lot of people read the headline and make their decision about the content based just on the headline. But if you give them the first half of the first paragraph, they're probably done with <laughs> all the information they feel they need about a particular topic and feel they're ready to start commenting on it. And Google gives that information on Google News. Uh, most of the world is pretty okay with that. Um, I know I would be more than ecstatic if Google would start listing our articles in Google News, uh, as would most publications. Uh, we, we try very hard to get our articles. I mean, they show up in Google News, but we try really hard to get good placement in Google News. And and it's it's not easy to do. And many, many publications, uh, online publications, are very excited when their stuff shows up and when their stuff shows up uh, high uh, because it is um, a great source of traffic. However, the European Union... And many publications in the EU uh, don't agree with that theory. Um, this is not the first time we have discussed this on the show. It has been more than a year since the last time this floated around the EU. But right now, uh, the EU is once again considering legislation that would force uh, Google to pay the sites whose content shows up in Google News. So... Obviously, it's a very different mindset um, from from here in the U.S. Um, at one point, and I think it's still that way, um, Google News for Spain no longer exists. Um, and I believe they shut down uh, Google News for Germany as well because both of those countries tried to enact this on their own. And Google just said, okay, bye-bye, we're out. Um, so it was no good for anybody. Um, I think Germany ended up backing out of it, but I don't believe Spain has, which means that the Spain edition of Google News still does not exist. Which is, like, what? That, just the concept of that is crazy, you know? Does big news exist for Spain? It's a fair question. I do not know. I, 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 I'm saying this I could easily check, but I haven't checked. You know, this this leads to an eternal question about news on the internet. Uh, in the age of newspapers and print, you had no way to really tell whether people did the equivalent of clicking on your headline, right? Right. As long as they bought your newspaper, you were golden. It didn't really matter. Let's be honest. Did it matter to you as a newspaper publisher or a magazine publisher? I mean, it did. You wanted people to we, we're in business here because we want people to read what we write, you know, but you had no way of knowing. So if you wrote a really good headline that just told or a really concise headline and a really simple story, hmm, people and people didn't read the whole story. Well, you know what? They bought your magazine, bought your newspaper. You're golden. Uh, now, in the age of the Internet, what matters is getting traffic to your website where you control where you have the experience, control the experience, and you can sell ads, and you know that's how, uh, barring ad blockers, that's how a lot of uh, publishers, most publishers, earn earn their their money. So, the so on the internet, 
if you see something that's a headline and it's enough for you to just see the headline and not read the story, hmm, you you know, the that headline may have helped you, but the person who runs that that publication's never going to know that you interacted with it. They're never going to show you an ad. Now, in search results, even if it's not Google News, just regular web search, you already see some information. You know, you already see the meta title and the meta description, and possibly, uh, in some cases, you'll see the first sentence or two in the regular web search results. So I don't see how the news result is significantly different than that. Um, what we have found consistently is when we're coming up high in Google News, we get a try spike in traffic. So if you want, so for better or worse, people use Google to find the news. And you, these are people who would not already have found you because if they would have already found you, they would have gone straight to your website, right? So, but a lot of people just don't use the internet that way anymore. It's it's unfortunate. I mean, I think we'd all love it if people just came to our homepage and did nothing else and viewed no other uh, resources. But let's be for real. People very often find what they want through search. And so if you want to develop a brand and you want to develop traffic, you want people to discover you through search. Even if you're a very well-known brand, you want people to find you through search. So, because it's a constant reminder that you exist. Yes. So you want to be high in search. No, there's nobody, there's nobody who doesn't want to be high in search. So this sounds very strange to me. I kind of get the point that they're making, but the ship has sailed. If you said that there, let's say there was no such thing as web search. Now, that's that's a fantasy. You know, if there was no such thing as web search then people would have to go to people's websites just to get all the information. Good news, you know, you at least got them to come to your homepage. But let, let's be real. The people use people use search. That's, you know, probably the top way that people get information on the internet. There are ways that they get news fed to them as you just as you mentioned, Facebook, you know, your MSN, whatever. But I'm telling you, People find a lot of information through through search and through Google News. The thing that makes Google News so powerful is that you don't have to go to news.google.com to use it. If you're conducting a regular web search on Google, this news results will come up near the top. Right? Right. So that's when you are searching for something and you see there's news, that's how you find out that something happened. Like how many times have you searched for something that you were just kind of interested in, in an evergreen way? Like, Oh, I just want to, I just want to see what this actor is doing, or I'm curious how my, you know, baseball team is doing. And then all of a sudden you see all the news headlines pop up and you're like, Oh, that happened. Now for some folks, they might see the, for the headline and be like, Oh, thank you. That's enough information for me. But honestly, most people, if they're interested, if the headline interests them, they're going to click it to read more. Period. Agreed. Yeah. Now, there is that Twitter site, there, that Twitter account, which I suggest everybody follow called Saved You a Click. Have you, uh, are you familiar with them? No. They only do like one or two. Oh, they don't do a lot of these, unfortunately, because it's funny. It's kind of a humor account, but it's called Saved You a Click. And basically, if there's a headline that's just like you didn't really need to 
to read more, they will just they will tweet about it and they'll say, you know, like if the headline is something like, you know, is is dirt making you dirty, you know, and they'll uh-huh. say, yes, saves you a click, you know. <laughs> so uh, that's a really bad example. That's not a real one, but you you, you get my drift. So that's funny. So you know, yes, for those folks and saved you a click, I guess they they can get all their news off of without clicking anything on Google News. But um, I don't see how this really benefits uh, any publication, uh, online publication in, in the EU to do this. Um, if Google were taking the whole of their story, I could see that. But if they're taking the first sentence or two, that's like that's what you need to promote your story. It is, you know. it is going to be the, – the rule would be any snippet. Now, that's a fine line, obviously. We have a concept in, in uh, journalism, which I don't know what the laws are in Europe, but here in the U.S., called fair use, where you to discuss or comment on something, you, you, can, you can quote a snippet of it. Now, what Google is doing, I don't know if anyone has ever challenged you know, the snippets that they take for search as – fair use or not fair use now listen you have a certainly have an ability at, here, here's a little hint if you don't want your site to appear in google you can block google from visiting from spy indexing your site it would be for most businesses it would be suicide on the internet no one would ever yeah. find you again but if that's how you feel you know um you you're certainly welcome to do it i don't see why the european uh, union uh government has to has to try and create such a rule on their own um here's a here's a real example for you uh you wouldn't believe which eight successful companies were built using outsourced developers and it says github appsumo fab.com groove slack upwork (laughs) SeatGeek, and alibaba there you go see see. there, there you go and that, that didn't just save you one click, because I guarantee that's one of those things that you have to click through 18 pages, because the first one just shows a logo, and then the second one finally puts the information up and then, again. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. I hate those. I hate those with a passion. <laughs> but, you know, as a, you know, if you run the homepage of a website, you also are put in the same position that Google is putting these companies in. What if the headline on your homepage uh, is yeah. so descriptive that it that people you know i mean you don't want mystery either though right like that's what you call clickbait yeah you wouldn't believe what happens next (laughs) you wouldn't believe which eight companies used outsourced developers (laughs) (laughs) i don't know who even clicked would have clicked for that in the first time um without the info but anyway i agree so it'd be interesting to see what happens but i i don't see the logic of this i don't see how they're helping uh, the businesses, they're helping any news source in, in Europe by trying to prevent Google from from showing a preview of a snippet about their article. I totally agree. But we're not the EU, and they obviously have some sort of a thing happening. I don't know what it is, but whatever. You know, you know what is going to be is a challenge though. When I'm thinking about this, Google is now doing a lot more than, like the Google News is the least should be the least of anyone's concern. Google is now showing things in Google Answers, or knowledge graph from websites, and the question is, 
are they then making it so you don't really need to go to the website? For example, if there are a lot of how-to questions, if you ask how to do something in Google, it will literally show you all the steps yeah. that it has drawn from another website. Um, ironically, though, I have to tell you, as a website that publishes a lot of how-tos, we're dying to get ours in there. <laughs> <laughs> are we crazy? I, I, I mean, our, we have a search guy who's dying for us. You know, we Some of ours have gotten in there. Some of ours haven't. It's somewhat of a, opaque to us how you get in there. Um, but... You know, we know if somebody's going to be up there having their stuff shown and there's a link to their site, uh, even though a lot of the information is given away, we, we'd rather be the one with the link to our site than be the third result that doesn't give the information. Yeah, so, and never gets clicked. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. So, yes, Google, by reproducing information directly, is making it so people have to leave Google less, which is good for Google and not so good for all the the website owners but as a as a web proprietor you know you want to be seen so you do whatever you can to show sure. up on google absolutely This week's DRM not included on F5 Live is probably powered by Groove and not the one that we were just talking about um, using outsourced developers, apparently. I, re <laughs> I researched. Uh, 40 plus million tracks available for uh, unlimited streaming right now for $9.99 a month. Even better, on um, up to three devices, you can download all of the tracks that you want obviously storage is required but you can download as much as you want because you know you've been to the gym or on an airplane and you can't stream your music because there's no reception or you know you're several miles in the air um always a problem right uh so you can download on up to three devices as well and of course it's available anywhere whether you're on windows or windows phone xbox 360 or xbox one ios android or just in a browser groove music is available everywhere uh that you could want to play music and uh you can get a 30-day free trial right now by going to f5live.tv slash groove All right, there we go. Okay, so speaking of uh, streaming music, let's talk about Tidal. Um, the company that seemingly will never succeed and will never quit. Um, we cannot seem to avoid it no matter what we do. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we discussed that Apple might be interested in adding another failed streaming service to their collection. Uh, Apple this week very openly and very succinctly said that they were not interested in title. Now, you and I discussed, Abram, why they would not be interested in title a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, it was things like they've already got almost all of these contracts. Um, so title has a couple of exclusives. But Apple has more customers, and so future exclusives are likely to come to Apple rather than Tidal. Yeah, I, I don't see, you know, they'd really have to be trying to, I don't know, Aqua hire Jay-Z or something. Right. Um, but get... they've already they've already done that with, uh, with uh, 
Oh, I've totally blanked on his name. This I tell, I warned you guys that tonight was a weird they night. Already done that with Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre wasn't the person I was thinking. Jimmy Iovine was the person oh, I was thinking. Right. Um, because he's been added to their their like crazy people think tank. Right. Exactly. I think they have. I I don't think they're doing that badly, Apple. <laughs> so, um, you know, and if they were going to acquire somebody, why title? Right. Like, don't you want to acquire somebody successful? Like. There, I mean, I guess that makes them right for someone to acquire, but why? Why would you do it? You yeah, know? they'd have to have something particularly special. You know, Beats had a couple of special things. The most special, and I to this day, I believe the most important to them was Jimmy Iovine. Um, I think they bought. If they were committed to the Beats brand then the AirPods would have been Beats branded. Um, I still think that that the most important acquisition in purchasing Beats was Jimmy Iovine, but I think their second most important acquisition was Beats Music, which was uh, very hastily rebranded to Apple Music a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and they, they did great with it. Like, subscriber-wise, subscriber in a year... Uh, they're like number three or number four in the in the streaming subscribers. I mean, yes, they're less than half of what Spotify has, but Spotify's got five years on them. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I, I don't see. I mean, Apple has enough money that if Apple wanted, you know, if Apple could acquire a leader like Spotify, right. then that's worth it for them. Or at least a high-profile brand who may not be exactly successful go purchase rhapsody yeah you know i i have to say i had a rhapsody account for a long time i know you did i did uh we liked it a lot no didn't did not um have an it you know did not have an issue with it um we actually were acquired by them because we had napster (laughs) okay (laughs) um you know because we had the napster service i mean after napster went legit Yes, we didn't have the illegitimate Napster. We had the <laughs> legitimate Napster, which I think at one point was owned by Best Buy or something. They were owned by know. lots of people over the years. Because uh, when yeah. I was in when I was in retail, we sold Napster cards, and the little logos on the back kept changing. Yes, yes, exactly. So, you know, because the bottom line is, if they have your songs and it's what you can afford, you're gonna and it plays where you want it to play. Um, it's you're gonna you're gonna be be happy with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, obviously Apple music being tied into the Apple experience, Apple devices, which a lot of people have, they're just automatically going to be automatically going to be successful. Right. Um, period. So, you know, but if they're just trying to take on audience, like, oh, we just want to buy subscribers, Yeah. which I don't see why they even need to do, but I can't imagine that that would be their MO. You know, I mean, do they do they need to like be number one in the, if they need to be number one in the space, and then they can buy the number one. I mean, they have so much money, they probably could buy Spotify if they really wanted to. Probably. Uh, you know, uh, it's good that there's some competition out there though with Definitely. group music and Spotify, and and Rhapsody still and um, uh, Pandora's new competitor service. Yep. So it's it's good. I mean, I I feel like there's. There's not a lot differentiating some of these services, though, because except for the exclusives. Right. Uh, or but, overall track count. 
Yeah. You know, uh, Apple Music's got 31 million. Spotify's got 34. Groove's got 40. Yeah, it, there's there's a certain. Tra- Amazon Music seems to have about 18 songs. There's. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. I don't think Google. Doesn't Google Play have an unlimited, or is it just. Yes, uh, they, yes, just they do. And you just had to ask the question, which shows yeah. exactly how successful that one is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think there's also just too many of these services to be honest with you. I think yeah. and and a market a market like this will will blow up and then will implode and there will there will always be three or four that will survive the implosion. That's that's how markets tend to go, especially in something like this. Yeah, so. it's just we, like almost every day we keep hearing, you know, we get oh, new service with more music discovery. Oh, yeah. Come on, man. Just let me play my songs and have done with it. Um, Absolutely. But, but yeah, title is like the, uh-huh. the the luxury service that nobody wanted. So, <laughs> yes, you know, look, yes, indeed. But I think the reason that they continue to you say they won't quit, the reason they continue to be in business is because isn't one of the main facets of title that they pay more. They pay the artists more. They pay the artists more, and um, the tracks are FLAC and not MP3, so the sound quality is better. Right. So the tracks are FLAC. That's the supposed benefit to the listener. Um, I guess you have to be a real audiophile, though, to, to notice. You've certainly got to have the hardware to be able to, to care. If you're using the, the headphones that come with your phone, you're not going to notice. But if you're using like the, the monster headphones or something like that, you'll pick up a difference anyway yeah i don't think i mean i think it's because the artists who are behind it really you know they really like the idea of having a service that treats them better and pays them better uh unfortunately i think they're going to find out that the public is not as interested in paying them yeah Uh, yeah absolutely you know now i feel bad for them because you know we're going through the same thing in publishing it's called ad blockers and we say why do why don't why do people run ad blockers because they should be at least paying us with their viewing of our sites with ads on them uh and you know i'm sure that, that uh people who are entitled are like why can't they pass more right you know uh i mean you remember the i think i brought this up but you remember the grammys when they actually had someone i forget who it was come on stage to complain about how much spotify pays or how much streaming services pay uh-huh isn't your favorite song worth more than one penny? Well, why are you yelling at the listeners? Right. Like the listeners don't have control over that. Go negotiate a better contract. Yeah, negotiate a better contract. Why is it our? Why is it our fault? It's like oh. I I understand when Pandora was basically the only option. You didn't have a choice. Either your music was on there or it wasn't. Now you've got the ability, you know, to say, well, you know, titles willing to pay us more. Maybe we'll go do an exclusive with them. Yeah. Now we have a market. Use it to your advantage. Don't go complaining on TV to people who can't do anything about it. Yeah. It's pretty lame. I mean, if you're going to complain to people, complain about activity, that's like illegal, like, you know, don't download my, my songs for illegally, but people are legally paying for this and you're not happy. I mean, that's like saying, listen, my CD is for sale in Walmart. But don't you? But how dare you buy it in Walmart? Because they don't pay me enough for right. it. Like, yeah, that that was your choice. Go complain to the people who, uh, you know, who are in charge. So anyway, so that's our show. Didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, that, <laughs> I thought that was it. Say. Excellent. Perfect. Um, 
Thank you for those of you who have joined us live uh, in the chat room. We've had um, some conversation in there tonight, which is always fun. It adds to the experience for us as well as to the experience for the listeners. So thank you, uh, Juan, for keeping the comments and questions coming all night. We appreciate that. I, have, I do. I do appreciate that. Um, we, I, I love people tuning in and, and asking us stuff here. I'll flash it again. That's how it's spelled. Um, if you're not joining us live, that is okay. You can, uh, instead, in addition to joining us live at f5live.tv slash join us Sunday nights at 9 p.m., you can also uh, subscribe by going to f5live and clicking the subscribe buttons on the right-hand side. You can also find us on social media, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, basically anywhere, YouTube, anywhere you might think we're probably there. Um, so... With that, uh, we'll be back with a normal show next week. So on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avery. And we will see you then. Ciao.